name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Christian Apostolic Church, revival is in the atmosphere. I said revival. Holy Ghost revival is in the air, is in the atmosphere right here in Newark, Ohio. Praise God. I'll tell you why it is. Thank God for great evangelists as Brother Easter's been here preaching revival. But just calling a man in to preach a revival or preach a meeting or it's not really what it is. It's what Pastor was talking about this morning over and over is prayer, 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 prayer. Constant, consistent, fervent, apostolic prayer. And that's how you grow an apostolic legacy is through continual prayer. Amen. And I commend you for that. It is a great honor to be here. And I'll tell you, it's just amazing what's happening today in the apostolic faith. You know, for years we were just the church over there, the holy rollers, the, on the other side, the tracks, if you will. But as I go down through your city and our city and our community, I see many of these old-time denominal churches shutting down, boarded up. In fact, in Southern California, they're coming to our district superintendent and said, you got any young men that come and pastor our churches? We have no young people coming up with the calling and the anointing of God. But we see your church is full. And I see this group of singers up here today and in the congregation, young men, young women on fire for God, seeking God, wanting to preach the gospel. Revival's in the air. And the world's coming to us and we want what you have. Amen. And I'm glad we have the apostolic legacy. Thank God for it. And let's keep it that way. Amen? Amen. Praise God. We certainly give honor tonight to the show strands. You have tremendous leadership, great pastoral leadership. And let's give them a hand. Amen. And as you know, the uh, Pastor Appreciation Month is upon us. That's a wonderful time. And I can tell you from being in the seat, it appreciated when people stop and say, thank you, Pastor and Pastor's wife. Because they give themselves 24-7. 24-7. They're on the call. They're going, coming and going for the saints of God, fulfilling God's call in our life to pastor God's people. And they are deserving of the honor and the appreciation. Amen. We love it when they're able to come to SoCal. That means Southern California. And because our ladies out there and our other ministers love when they come out and minister uh, to our saints and our pastors and wives. It's a great, tremendous blessing to have them. And I I know you don't like to see them leave that much, but we're glad when they get to travel and come out to Southern California. Not just the weather. They, maybe it's just in the January they like to get away from here. <laughs> what a timely message Pastor preached this morning. Above all else, I want to be ready for the rapture. Above all else, I want to be ready for the rapture. We're called for the rapture. What a timely message. And I cannot tell you, Pastor, how many times I have, talk about every 48 hours, sometimes it's every 24 hours, say, God, forgive me. I haven't walked where I should have been, walked where I could have been. I thank God that spirit of the, the godly sorrow is in our lives continually to bring us to that place. No matter how long we have lived for God, be it one year, one day, or 50 years or more, we have to have that continual refreshing of God's presence in our lives. And repentance will do that in our lives. This is my jubilee year, if you will. 
50 years ago, that spirit of godly sorrow repentance swept over my soul, 1971, as well as several other young men in the SEAL teams there in Coronado. And I thought about that time in my life, talking about prayer, the power of prayer. As a young 12, 13 year old kid, 4-H, I had a big garden and I would harvest my green beans and my tomatoes and all the veggies I had and I'd come right around this neighborhood, 29th and Buckeye, where my dad worked in an office there and I'd go there with him to work and I'd go out all 30th Street and all around here, knocking door to door, like to buy some green beans, veggies and so on. Well, one particular door I knocked on, had, I had no clue who, who that was, was the Gatrell family. Sister Joanne Post's mother and dad. And I thought just recently, I wonder if Sister Gatrell saw that young boy walking up on those streets and whispered a prayer to God for her, for him. The power of prayer. I believe she did because I believe that's the kind of woman she was. A woman of prayer. Pillar in this church has gone to be with the Lord. So I thank God for that, the power uh, of prayer, and prayer does, ever, never quit praying, never, ever, ever quit praying for your family, for your loved ones, no matter where they're at in life, never quit praying for your children, amen, your grandchildren, call them out to, be, to the Lord. It's great to be here tonight again, I, my wife and I are glad to be here. I've been coming, she, she didn't come back until 1973, I've been coming back to the, here and visiting with you for the 50 years, 1971, and you've been so kind to us, and we appreciate you and love you. And so I thank you for your love for our family. My mama just turned 100 years old. Isn't that amazing? 100 years old, and she outdoes her kids most of the time. But uh, God is good. Why don't we stand right now? We go to the word of the Lord, and this praise team is preaching my message. Got me fired up, praise God. Isn't it wonderful when the praise team's in sync and in the Holy Ghost and the yeah. ministry, the Word of God just flow together? Because we want to talk about Jesus tonight. That's what they're singing about. Amen. Jesus. Amen. i got to praise Him. Hebrews 13, verse 8. Jesus Christ, the same. Oh, hallelujah, for the same Jesus. Yesterday and today and forever. Forever. I want to talk to you tonight about the four W's of the gospel. The four W's of the gospel. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the presence of God we've felt here, the, the mercy, the grace of God, the spirit of God, the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy to us. Bless your word today as it goes out to your people. Let it be an edifying uh, message to your people tonight. We ask in the name of Jesus, your presence. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. The four W's of the gospel. Well, I am not talking tonight about Walmart. Some of you know what Walmart is, I guess. Or Whataburger. Or Wits. Or Waffle House. Those are good W's. But we're not talking about that. Now when I introduced this thought, my wife always asked, what are you going to preach on? What are you going to teach on? Sometimes, When she asked me that some time ago when I put this together, uh, I said the four W's. She said, worship. And that's a good one. Then I went to my mother-in-law and I shared with her 
thought I was working on she's I said the four W's work she's been in the church a while she know what it takes to build a church and just tonight I told my own mother about coming to speak tonight and a four W's she's the word now I can assure you the gospel is all about worship it's all about working and it's all about the word but those aren't the four W's I want to talk about tonight the first W tonight I want to talk about is whenever. I want you to say it. Whenever. Whenever. Simply defined as whatever time. Or simply at any time. Whenever. Now some people relegate the ministry of Jesus Christ to the past. To what's known as the Bible days. The 29 to 33 AD, the public ministry of Christ, you all read about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. During the time of John the Baptist, during the time of the apostles, if you will, in the book of Acts. I've even heard so-called preachers on the radio say that the days of miracles are over. It was for that time, Bible times, it was not for us today. But I am glad to tell you tonight, the days of miracles are not over. Amen. Not over. But they are in fact happening right now as we speak. And according to the scripture reading tonight, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, praise God. Whenever, in the past, in the present, or in the future, praise God. When another generation comes, thank God, he'll be the same, Jesus, as he is in the past and right now, praise God. In fact, Christ let his disciples know as he was getting ready to leave this earth that they would do greater things even than he did himself. For John 14, 12, he said to the apostles, Verily, verily, that means truly, truly, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And in fact, greater things than these shall ye he do. Yeah. Praise God. Whenever. Mark 16, again, Christ is about to ascend up into heaven. He's given the last charge, if you will, and the last instructions to the apostles. 16 and 17 of Mark, he says, These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. Verse 18, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Who are these they? They're going to do this. They're going to do this. They that believe. He didn't say, you 12, you 120, you that live out through the book of Acts, and it's going to die out. No, but anybody, anywhere that can simply believe in the name of Jesus. Amen. Can pray for the sick. Amen. And they shall recover. The whenever the gospel still means at any time. At any time. He said yesterday. Jesus is saying yesterday. Thank God for the testimonies of yesteryear. Oh, thank God. We can read books of testimonials of Pentecostal pioneers of the past and read an awesome miracle. Wow, what a miracle. But you know what? Jesus is still doing the same thing today. There's testimonies today. This morning we're talking about testimonials of people being healed even in this service today. And Sister Shostrin talking about God working. He's same yesterday and today, praise God. And forever. Because someday we're going to be gone. Some of us, 
I see a lot of youth are going to be around in another generation. But thank God this legacy of the apostolic faith and the name of Jesus can be passed on to another generation and they can say, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Praise God. Hallelujah. No institution, no religious body or government can put Jesus in some kind of a box and say, that's your time, period. We isolate you to this many years. You can't do that. He's eternal, everlasting. He's the same always. Praise God. I remember during the 60s and 70s, the hippie movement, there came a new philosophy on the college campus called the God is dead philosophy. Most of you are too young to know. And they came out with the theory in the magazine, God is dead now. To that, the one called the coal miner's daughter got her in a guitar and wrote a little song that said this, if God is dead, then who's this living in my soul? Your God may be dead. Your philosophy may not lift you up. But the God that I serve, the Jesus that I serve, he's living. He's in here. Like the song we're singing. Something happened. The fire of God came in my soul. I went down in the water and I got cold. But oh, I didn't get cold in my soul because God began to live in my soul. Amen. Yes, the gods of this world, they have eyes, but they cannot see. Ears, but they cannot hear. Hands, but they cannot touch. But I can assure you tonight that our Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ, He has eyes, He can see you in your need. He has ears, He can hear your cry. He has hands, and He's reaching down tonight in His love and compassion to touch your life and your need in your soul. Praise God. Isaiah 59 and verse 1, Behold, the Lord says this, The Lord's hand is not shortened. What are you saying? Oh, God, you, you know, you did it back then, but your hand shriveled up. The Lord's hand is not shortened, nor is ear heavy, that he cannot hear. His hand is always ready and willing to reach down to wherever you're at, where I'm at, to help us and keep us and to work miracles in our lives. Amen. He is the whenever God. The second W is wherever. Not only is whenever he is wherever. Amen. Simply defined whenever is talking about anywhere at all. In any place. So some might ask, Pastor, do you mean, are you saying that this experience we have is not confined to just the church on Sunday morning? Yes. Or at some special Camp meeting, general conference, ladies conference, men's conference, youth conference. I thought that's the only place you could get a miracle. I thought that's the only place you got a blessing. It was Sunday morning, Sunday evening, revival meeting, special evangelist. Oh no, those are wonderful times. But Jesus Christ is a wherever, a whenever, and a wherever God. It doesn't matter. Where we are, a meeting, a camp meeting, or just at home, he can touch us wherever we're at. Praise God. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6, the passage prior to our text tonight, verse 5, uh, speaking about Christ, as he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. 
Then verse 6, the apostle continues, so that, we, so that we may boldly say, based on what I just said, he said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. So now Paul says, based upon that, I can now boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. I'm not going to live in fear. I'm not going to live in depression because I've got a God that said, I will never leave you. Ever. Ever, praise God. We paraphrase that as saying this. Jesus is saying to his children, I will always be there. When you leave the church house, I am there. When you go on your job Monday morning, I'll be there. In your home, I'll be there. On the college campus, I'll be there. In the military, you go off the military, Navy, Army, Marine Corps, I'll be there. In fact, if you have to be carted off in some ambulance to an ER, guess what? Jesus said, I will be there for you. I will be there. He's wherever we are. He will be there for us. Praise God. Now the Jackson 5 made a lot of money copying the word to Jesus. He wrote the song. They just sang it out. I'll be there. I'll be there. He wrote that 2,000 years ago saying to his people, don't worry, wherever you are, I'll be there. No, I'm not going to sing that. <laughs> My wife reminded me tonight that one time I embarrassed her here because I started singing something. That's one thing the Galonians don't have is that singing. At least not this one. Hallelujah. Everyone say wherever. 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 We sometimes regulate Christ to a place, a special event. But Jesus' first miracle was not in the temple, not in a synagogue. You all know where it was, John chapter 2. It was a wedding, a miracle, wherever, wherever, doesn't matter. We don't leave the Lord out when we walk down the aisle, how we bring him in? He's a miracle worker. Most of his miracles were outside the four walls of a church building, if you will. Amen. I believe he was the first traveling evangelist because he took his ministry, he took his miraculous touch outside to the streets, to the highways, to the byways. Where was Bartimaeus when Christ healed him? Out on the highway. The byways. Where was the woman at the well? She was on... You know, the other side of town, no one, we don't go there. The, the 12 didn't want to go there, but Jesus, I got to go there. I go wherever. Doesn't matter. We don't have to wait for her to come here. We're going to go over there. And he did. He went to the marketplace, homes of people, Zacchaeus. I don't know if you're going to get Zacchaeus to come to the synagogue, but Christ says, I'm going to go to your house. And a miracle took place in that house that day. At a funeral, at a banquet. And we thank God. That our Savior and this gospel works for us whenever and wherever we may be in life. And thank God for the, the blessing of the fellowship of gathering like this. Sunday morning, Sunday night, midweek service. It's a special place. It's part of our ministry and fellowship together. To gather together and sing with a choir and praise team. And worship together in a wonderful place. The presence of God moves. But God's not isolated to just the building on Sunday morning. He's wherever we go. Praise God. So let's not put him in a box. And say, well, we're leaving church now. Let's leave Jesus. Let's take him to the restaurant. Take him home. Take him on the job. Because that's where he wants to go. To work his wonders. Hallelujah. 
Let's start thinking outside the box like Jesus did. His vocabulary was whenever and wherever. Did you know that people get the Holy Ghost in other places than the church? You can get the Holy Ghost in your living room. My wife's dad, he was certainly not a Pentecostal. Many years ago, his, he married a backslidden Pentecostal lady, and she said, I got to get back to God. She started going to church, and he went with her. The first thing he said to her is, let's get out of here. Because <laughs> they were having apostolic service. Let's get out of here. And he wouldn't go. He went a few times and, you know, grabbed the pew. Now, if you're not old enough to know old-time Pentecost, they used to come back and get you. Come on, drag them to the altar. <laughs> Shake them. Well, he saw all that. That's not for me. But he had a tender heart. So one night, my wife's mother took her and her brother, and they went to church, and he stayed home. He sat in his chair in the living room praying to God. And God, I want the Holy Ghost so bad. But the way they... The way they were talking, I can't, it's not me, I can't receive it. If you want it, Lord, give it to me right now. And instantly, the Holy Ghost came on him. He leaped out of his chair, began to speaking in tongues, running all over the house. I said, you can receive the Holy Ghost wherever you are. Wherever. It's not isolated. This is probably the most convenient place. Thank God for the church. It's a great place to pray through. But you don't have to wait till you get here to pray through to the Holy Ghost. Amen. I've heard of a young lady getting the Holy Ghost on a city bus. She just got so hungry, she started praying, praying that prayer of repentance, and the Holy Ghost came down like Cornelius' house. While he spoke these words, she started speaking in tongues. The bus driver didn't know what to do. He pulls over. He calls the local Pentecostal pastor. What's going on here? Explain this to me. Oh, she's just getting the Holy Ghost. Pastor Larson in San Diego had a man that he went through the revival. He wanted the Holy Ghost so bad he didn't get the, in the revival meeting, didn't get it, didn't get it. He's sitting in his office amongst a lot of other people in their little cubicles. He's sitting there and suddenly he feels that same presence of God come down. He didn't say, well, God, I'll just wait, you know, next week, next revival. He fell right on his knees right there in his office and began to lift his hands and speaking in tongues. Wherever. Wherever. Jesus is wherever we allow him to be, praise God. I can tell you, he can be on a naval vessel out in the South China Sea. His power can come down and touch you. He can be in a special forces unit called SEAL Team. He can move anywhere and we let him move. Because he's a wherever God, praise God. The third W is whatever. Defined simply as anything, no matter what, whatever we need. You know, I'm old enough to be one of those that they like the old songs. But I like the new ones too. And our new pastor and the new praise team, they bring a lot of new ones into our church and, and they're really great. I love them. And one they, they thing that I love is he did it. He did it. He did it. Because he's still doing it. Yeah. He's still doing it. Whatever I need, he can do it. Yeah. Whatever it is that we need. Right. In Genesis 17, Abraham, he had a he perplexed. He was, didn't know what to do because he'd been promised to have a great family and, and many nations and, you know, have a great lineage, legacy. But he didn't have any children. 
God promised to give him a son. He had no son. And now he's 99 years old. And his wife's 90 years old. Now you talk about a LOL moment. Imagine when these elderly, I mean I see some gray heads out here, some white hairs. If they come to pastor and sister Shostra and say, Mama and I are thinking about having a baby. Okay. It's a little past time. Well, think about it. Abraham, 90 and 9. His sweet, beautiful wife is 90 years old. And see, so he says, God, what, what's happening here? And the God of whatever appeared to Abraham on his 99th birthday in the plains of Mamre. And he asked Abraham this question. He said, I am the Almighty God. I am the El Shaddai. I am the Almighty One. Is there anything too hard for me, Abraham? And Abraham didn't have an answer. But nine months later, guess what? The answer came. I said, whatever. It's totally impossible with us and with Abraham and Sarah. But with God, nothing is impossible. Hallelujah. Years later, God repeated the same question to Jeremiah the prophet, who lived in very, very, very troubled times. Very troubled times. Didn't know what, what to do, but he said to Jeremiah, he said, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Amen. Is there anything too hard for me? If the Lord would come in this generation and speak at our churches, he would say the same thing. Saints of God, is there anything too hard for me? Is there anything that you've got a problem with that I cannot do it? He's a whatever God. Matthew eleven twenty four. Jesus Christ says this. Therefore I say unto you, what, what things soever, whatever, what things soever you desire, when you pray. I said, when you pray. Pastor Schultz says, when you pray. We got to pray. Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Ephesians 3 and 20. Now unto him that is able to do, speaking about Christ, he is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Whatever we need. Philippians 4, 13. Paul believed this. He said, I can do some things. I can do all things, Paul said. That's a big statement. Through Christ who strengthens me. Imagine it, think of it, vision it, pray about it, believe it, and receive it. Never allow the ifs, ands, or buts to come into the situations. Jesus is going to do it. He can do it. He will do it. One of the apostles, Philip, the day the Lord said, set them down. They're hungry. We're going to feed them. He said, Lord, there's over 5,000 men plus women and children here. We only have a few loaves and a few fishes. What are these? Meager, nothing among so many. How can we do this? The Lord said, whatever you need, bring it here. Just bring it here. And we know the end of the story. They fed everybody and had multiple uh, 12 baskets left over. And they said, what? How did you do that? He's the whatever God. That night on the sea when they were in the storm, the apostles 
shook him and woke him to the Lord. What are we going to do? We're, we're seamen. We, can, we know how to handle the waves, but we're drowning and this thing's going down. What do we do? We need help. Whatever you need. He rebuked the wind and the wave. Praise God. He's a whatever God. Now that was then. We're living today. What do we have need of? Does anybody here have a need? We all do. You may not be on the Sea of Galilee in a boat. You may not be trying to feed 5,000. But we have needs in our lives. Some of you have been to a doctor and said, I'm sorry, sir, I'm sorry, ma'am. There's no cure for this situation. Jesus said, whatever you need. Whatever you need. You may as a family think our situation seems beyond repair. We don't know where we're going to go, how we're going to get through this. Jesus, the Bible says, whatever you need, I can do that. The El Shaddai is still asking the question, is anything too hard for me? Is anything, and I don't know if you got an answer. Abraham couldn't answer that because there was nothing too hard for the Lord. We read in our text scripture today, 13.8 of Hebrews, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. Let me paraphrase how I think we could read it today in our own ling uh, language, in our own uh, vernacular. Jesus Christ is able to give you the victory whenever and wherever. And you, you may be in, in whatever situation you may be in. It doesn't matter to him where, what time it is, where it's at, or what the situation is. He is able to perform and meet your need. I love the chorus. I had to jot it down real quick on my iPhone. They're singing this one. I never heard this before. There's not a mountain too tall. There's not a problem too small that Jesus can't resolve. In time, he'll get involved. Our God, he cares about you, us. So wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord and he will renew your strength. There's not a light too dark, a journey too long to embark. Jesus will see you through. In time, he'll make you new. Our God, he cares about us. So wait on the Lord. Walmart may not have what you need, but Jesus Christ has what you need tonight. Hallelujah. Waffle House may get old, but Jesus never gets tailor old. He's as fresh as the as morning comes up. He's new every day, praise God. Now we have one more W to consider tonight. And I think it's probably the most important of all the W's. And you probably already have guessed it. The fourth W is whoever or whosoever. And to me, the best definition for whosoever is whosoever means me. Yeah. It's me. I need it. Most of us can believe God for a miracle for somebody else, but not for ourselves. Right. We can pray for a blessing for another family, but not our family. We're not good enough, and we're not worthy enough, and we don't always, you know, pan out like we should. Do you know what that is? They call that balderdash. 
And balderdash is senseless talk, nonsense. That's hogwash. Because the Bible is clear. God is no respecter of persons. He doesn't care who you are, where you've been, what you got going. He wants to reach out and touch everybody. Whosoever, whosoever let him come. It doesn't matter to him. John 7, 37 and 38, one of the great passages of the New Testament. Jesus stood and cried out saying, if any man, not this little group over here, pastor talked this morning about the Jewish family kind of got to be a little cliquish, a little club. Christ came to everybody. Whosoever will, he said, if any man's thirsty, let him come unto me and, and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. The only qualification for living water, you got to be thirsty. And you got to come to Jesus and obey his word. Matthew eleven thirty eight, 38, Christ again says, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So Jesus is asking today, are you tired? Not your co-worker. Not your neighbor. I'm talking about you. Are you tired? Are you weary? Not your cousin, not your aunt or uncle, but what about you? Only you and I can determine if we'll be the recipient of God's overwhelming love and grace that he has for us. He said, whosoever will. And whosoever will means me. He's inviting us. As we stand and music prepare to play, it's closing. I want to consider something here. The hermeneutic, if you will. That Passover scripture, I didn't read. We'll go back there. I'll read this. Thank you in the video room. I passed over the Revelation 22:17, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. And that him that heareth say, Come. And him that is a thirst, Come. And whosoever will... Let him take the water of life freely. Consider the setting. We call it the hermeneutic, if you will, of the passage. The context and the purpose of Revelation 22, 17. The setting is just before the Lord says, Amen, I'm coming soon. The rapture. The rapture is about ready to take place there. He's about ready to come. Just before the Lord says, it's all over. He's already written his message. The Bible is complete. He says this. Come. Let him that heareth say come. And let him that's a thirst. And whosoever will let him take the water of life freely. To me come is God's favorite word in the Bible. You can read over and over and over. From Genesis to Revelation. He keeps saying to mankind in need. Come to me. Come to the ark. Come. It's his favorite word to mankind. Come, I'm calling you. Whosoever will, let him come. The setting of the scripture. He's on the throne of heaven. He's already come to the earth. Gave his life on the cross. And now he's poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost all over the world. The Bible is now complete. But he says, I want to just say one last thing. One thing I want to say it again. And that is, why don't you come? In case you didn't get it. In case you didn't hear it, in case you've not got the message, I want to say it one more time. Whosoever will, let him come. If you feel that spirit talking to you, why don't you come? 
Come today because Christ is waiting for you. The four W's, wherever the God of, of, of the gospel, the wherever is right here. The whenever is right now. The whatever is whatever need you have. And whosoever is, only you decide. Will you be that one that comes? If you feel like he's talking to you, church family, let's come. And let Jesus be the same as he's always been to us tonight. In Jesus' name. Our Father.